0: Harry Kane nets his hundred fiftieth Premier League goal in Tottenham's win over West Brom and Vardy powers Leicester back to the top of the table. Will United's Merseyside win be enough to keep Ole from being sacked this international break? We down here in the Rat Tail Bunker in Barbershop Studio, and this is the Boys and Bolos Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Boys and Bolos. We're in the barbershop studio adjacent to the Rat Tail Bunker. Jeff, how you doing?
0: I'm good. I like how you switched up. You didn't even let me do the intro this if week. If I give
1: you a chance, you won't let me do
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Also, like, I don't think you're ri- you you. like how I, uh, how I mix it up every week. No, I really like off.
1: how you mix it up. I just wanted to see if it was going to be awkward this time. Because I feel like I tried to do
0: it once, and you were like, no. Yeah, I shut you down pretty quick. I was like, this is not going to work. This is not going to get this it. This is not good. Jared, we uh, it's week eight. Week eight is over, actually. International break. Gonna do a nice little recap. Just, you know, talk about fantasy. Maybe just hash out a few thoughts. Maybe got a question from Cronin. Thoughts about anything? Thoughts about anything? Election, life, existential crisis of climate change. Yeah, I mean, at least it started off not a great week in terms of the election, and then it got progressively better as the week went on. For some. For, yeah, for half, mostly for, for half. <laughs> just depressing in <laughs> itself, but <laughs> for half. Let's just get right into it. We had uh, games on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. No Monday games, so we're recording Sunday night. It's nice. It's nice to get an extra day of record of uh, editing. But, yeah, we'll, why don't we s- kick it off with the Friday game? There's just one game? Friday games. Aha, games. Two games. The first game, was, well, only one game was actually worth watching. The Brighton-Burnley game, which was the first game of the weekend, was a real snoozer. Zero, 0 tie, a lot of kicking the ball around the midfield, not a lot of action.
1: I was actually hoping that Brighton would win. Me too. Just because, A, I think they're a better team. I like some of their players. Not to say I don't like Sean and what he's doing with Burnley. I just think Brighton's kind of cool. I also thought it would put tremendous pressure on United because if United then had lost to Everton, which they did not, then United would have been. Brighton would have hopped over United, had Brighton had won and United had lost. But that didn't happen, so we don't need to talk about it. zero zero wooden spoon. Not really much to talk about. I don't really think it helps either team, but I think it hurts Brighton more than it hurts Burnley, because Burnley's just pretty much in the basement.
0: Burnley has a big mountain to climb to get out of that relegation. They jump. have like a hundred pound rucksack to climb that mountain. <laughs> It's not it's so sad too 'cause there there were a team that was last season they were like, really competitive really competitive like eighth between eighth and tenth one of those teams where you knew you were gonna have to really scrap to get you know three points out of them they were probably gonna tie they were always kind of playing for a tie, getting an occasional win here and there and not not dropping a lot of points so this season not so much it's rough it might be the the no crowd factor at when they play at home when they play turf more.
1: That's not an industrial place you get turf like a Costco for turf.
0: No. Come on down to Come turf. Come on more. down. Turf. more more more. Turf more more. more. Uh, no I'm Jim
1: Moore. <laughs> Jim Moore. I run turf more. I love turf more. I love turf. Because of global climate change, you can't water anymore. Come get fake turf for your lawn. <laughs> Let's move on. It's kinda weird.
0: All right. Southampton, Newcastle I well, I think I predicted Newcastle winning this game. I think I went with you on that. Yeah, felt right. It didn't feel like Newcastle could score, and I was—we were right about that. Wait, wait, wait. We predicted that Southampton won or that Newcastle would win. We predicted Newcastle was. win. Okay, no, I keep saying Newcastle. Let's start this again. I predicted Southampton to win this game.
1: Then I must—I remember I agreed with you on this, and I think it's as you said, Newcastle
0: just cannot score goals. And for a brief moment, Southampton, for the first time ever, went to the top of the Premier League table. Is it the first time in like in a long time? Even just, I think since like I said something like 1988 or something like that when it wasn't even the Premier League. Yeah.
1: It was an ephemeral stay at the top for
0: sure. But they are, with, they were without Ings, and they still scored two goals, which, which is, is impressive against a garbage Newcastle team. Not garbage. Okay, they're mediocre.
1: Who did who did they win the—they they, they beat—who
0: they, did they— They tied Tottenham.
1: No, but they beat someone 2-0 with uh, the Callum-Wilson goals. Oh, yeah, they beat Everton. Yeah, I mean, they're not
0: garbage. They're not they're garbage. All right, sorry. Southampton's a, South a much better South team. Southampton's a much better team. Southampton seem to have some team chemistry going on. Yeah. Because on paper, Southampton shouldn't be that good. Agree. On paper, I think they're overachieving. They're overachieving. They're like the um, Sheffield of last year.
1: And I think Newcastle's underachieving, and their base is not that strong. Like you know, their their midline is not right. that strong, and they're underachieving. So
0: Saturday games. Well, we kicked it off in Merseyside with Everton, Man United. We both picked Everton.
1: Picked Everton. I think partly because we kind of want to see Ole Ticka sabbatical. <laughs>
0: There was a lot of chatter over the week about Ole, especially because they played they they lost to they lost to Istanbul in the Champions League. Bad look in the middle of the week. Was what we've been saying how, the way the lineup that they put out there was what we have been saying they should be doing minus starting Vandebeek is they took Pogba out, didn't start Pogba. And they put they played kind of a weird lineup. They played they played a they played <clears> a four, four five d- f- four five one or four no, two three four three one. one And so they they put you know Martial up top, Rashford, Fernandez, Mata in the middle. So Mata sp- basically played over Pogba with Fred and McTominay p- kind of playing defensive midfield, and that seemed to work for them for them a little bit better against Everton. I don't particularly think the scoreline reflected the way this game went. It was way more evenly matched, I think, than um, the way it played out because it was 2-1 to most of the – towards the end, and then they scored that third goal, which is kind of a trash goal. Yeah,
1: Cavani scored a goal with, like, like the last couple seconds. Decore probably should have had a goal minimally. He had two great chances. One he barely connected with, and the other one he just didn't connect with. Right. And they took that back, and then they scored – at the end with Cavani and counterattack after Everton had just thrown everything in the box to try to get a 2 2 tie.
0: So Corey's got to put his ball, his foot through that ball. He's
1: totally got to at least make contact, hit anything. And so, Ruff, as you've been saying, and I thought this was a really good analysis of the game, if Everton had Rick Carlson Rick in that game, completely different game. Because there were sometimes in the counterattack where Hamas would get the ball and he puts his head up. And nobody's there. Calvert Lewin's there, but he's in the middle and there's a lot of other traffic, but if he can get a good switch and get Richarlison alone going against one of the United defenders on the outside, it's just a completely different game. And when they have those when they have Hamas, Richardson, and calvert Lewin all kind of firing, with Allen kind of sitting in behind, I, they're they're a really good team and that's just the score didn't reflect the nineties plus minutes of play.
0: When Richarlison got the right card a few weeks back. I said they were going to drop points, and they really drop points. And I think it showed how much of an impact he has in that midfield, and and uh, and just how they attack. I know he's not a midfielder. I know he's more of an atta- attacking player. We've talked about this, but he he is a two way player, and he comes back and he has a presence in the midfield for the midfielders as well. So, you know whether he's winning a ball back from in something a uh, uh, some kind of play or you know he's he's checking back to receive a ball he's he impacts that offense immensely and they drop points and when he comes back next uh the, after the national break i think they'll they'll pick it up a little bit and win some games but
1: i mean they've lost all nine points cuz he got the red card in the liverpool game then they lost to southampton then they lost to uh, newcastle and right. then they lost to united he is so pivotal to their success, so he needs to make sure he stays on the field.
0: Yeah, I think when he's on the field, Hamas plays better. I don't think Hamas has been playing particularly good the last couple of games. Diagne also was suspended that first game, and he appealed it. And no, f- first two games, those last two games, and he played this game, and you could tell that their defense was a little bit better with him back. So, I thought a tie. They might probably deserve to tie in that game against. Probably not United. a win, but a tie. A tie was deserved. So, Crystal Palace leads. wait, wait. Let's go back to Manchester United because before we move on, we could we could talk about Manchester United for a while because the whole week, everybody's saying Ole out, Ole out, ole has got to go. I think this again. He was under the gun. He needed a result, and he got it. So he's it's so
1: cool in the press conferences. I know. He's here in the pressers, he's just like, well. My job is to win, and I have the players I believe I need to do that. So we're gonna go do that. He just seems like they give him like a couple gummies before he goes out on stage because he's super cool, and everyone in Europe's like, "When's Pochettino going to Manchester United?" Well, like I he's the only one who didn't get the the email. Pochettino
0: was on Sky Sports on Wednesday or Thursday, and basically said, "Yeah, I'm ready to pl- I'm ready to coach again at uh, a uh, top team." And then you hear that Manchester United. Brass or whoever's top people at Manchester United are talking to Pochettino. So, like, basically, Pochettino has one foot in the door. One foot in the door. And
1: he makes those comments on Sky Sports within 24 hours of Man United losing in Champions League.
0: Right. To
1: to the weakest team, I think, in their group.
0: So, one of two things. could I mean, obviously, they could just ride it out and see what Ole does next couple weeks after the, the, the international break. Or they're just like, well, Pochettino's here. People like Pochettino. Let's bring him in. Get rid of Ole. Just despite the win, so we'll see what happens. I mean, he was under the he was under fire, under pressure, and he got them three points. So, is it just band aid? Is it just a band aid situation? Because I don't think they particularly are that great of a team. You know, three one doesn't really reflect how they played. I, in my opinion, I think it it was a two two, kind of game. I think Pickford got away with a, another. Foul in the box on McGuire, I think. <laughs> Another <laughs> swing kick, interesting tackle. Yeah, but interpretive. Yeah. It's like uh, Slabby also got away with a crazy challenge in the box uh, on Digney. On Digney, where he just that went like cleats up, like full speed.
1: That was like Pepe esque Sl- Slab had knew what he was doing. Good he old Slabby.
0: It. it was a response to the um, Pickford right. incident. It was before.
1: thirty seconds before on the other side of the yeah. field. He just like knew exactly where he was. Uh,
0: But that was that. Everton dropped some points. Manchester United gained some points. So good for Chelsea and Tottenham.
1: It is good. Since you said sham and Richarlison got that red card, Everton have gone from first to seventh.
0: Yeah, and I know I'm harsh on it, and I do it kind of like as a joke, but sham, sham,
1: (laughs) sham.
0: (laughs) I do it as a joke, but, but also it's a sham. No, I mean people need to, people need to really relax and they they they're relax check themselves they're before ticking. they wreck themselves. Wow,
1: okay, Ice Cube.
0: <laughs> uh, Leeds Crystal Palace up next. Oh my God, Leeds!
1: Just your, your side chicks, not just not doing it. Oh
0: my God, I I don't think Leeds deserve to win this game by any means, right? So they gave up a goal really early. Uh, it's a very soft goal. I don't think Medlier, Meslier, Meslier, Melier, or whoever their goalie is, played particularly well. I think he. I think he had a rough day at yeah, the office. He's young, uh, he, he
1: got beat by that weird own goal for the third goal. He got beat by the free kick, which was a phenomenal free kick. Not much he can do.
0: I believe this game should have ended two to two, only because Bamford got a scored the second. He scored the first goal, but then he scored the second goal on a very, 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 very questionable VAR call where he was. Uh he, he was basically in line with the with the back line and
1: Well he scored the first goal. That got taken away and then he scored another goal.
0: Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Either, way, either the, way the VAR call was criminal. And, s- and so he the Leeds isn't as isn't a four to one's kind of not reflective of how they actually played. And I thought it, I mean two to two might have been a better. cuz three if he scored. If he no but I mean if he scored that goal, if he scored the second scored goal, the second goal it's it changes game. the game because they the defend game. they defend a little more. They stop trying to you know play catch up. It's it's just a it's just a different game. It's not as wide open. They stay home more. Yeah. What do you what do you think about? I just think
1: that VAR call and I will be honest I didn't see it. Jeff just showed me the replay. It's criminal. Bamford's pointing to where he wants the ball and that's what they call offside. I just can't even believe it. VAR this week, that and some of the handball penalties that we saw that we'll get to.
0: It's just like, what are you doing? VAR's just. One of them was a. Uh, one of the handball penalties was actually like VAR told the ref to go look at the sideline monitor and then he deemed it a, a penalty. So it's the ref then decided, but because he goes by the litter of the handball law.
1: The same thing happened in the Aston Villa game. Yeah. Which happened in the Wolves. Yeah, the the Lester Wolves game. game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is just insane. I don't know VAR. If we spent all our time just focusing on VAR, I don't think we'd ever really get the podcast out because it would just kind of be a drag. But I do think VAR needs to be improved upon weekly as more and more contexts and cases arise that kind of. Well, I think uh, force I mean, like the need for conversation to happen f- via the FA and via the people that are involved in the game, including the coaches. Whoever has a hand in, in the Premier League and make sure it's the product that we want it to be, competitive, fair. Var just seems to be I don't know, it seems to be like a omnipresent, omnipotent, third party deity that just kind of tells us now what it what it what you know, what's up, what's down, what's gravity. And I think long term that has to be checked. It's like unchecked power. I don't yeah, know. Maybe it's maybe pretty I, rough. Maybe I'm going on a diatribe, but some of the things like Bamford being offside because he was pointing to where the ball is. I thought it had to be a part of your body that you could use to score a goal, and he clearly can't use his hand. If you look at the play, his center of gravity, like his hips and his legs are behind the defender, but he's just pointing, and that goes in front. I mean, this isn't a track meet. It's not like whoever crosses the line first. I don't know. It's weird. I also probably just need to read the VAR laws to understand that. but I was always under the assumption that you had to... You could only be offside with an appendage that you could reasonably and legally score a goal with, and you can't with your hand.
0: This well, I mean, there's mistake. a lot of offside calls that have been made, offside calls that have been made, where it was like an armpit. You know, and you can It's like score. shoulder area yeah, region, can't.
1: which is really. I don't know. Chelsea looked good. Four goals. We gave up one goal to Sheffield. They, they They had a nice goal. McGoldrick had a little back heel in traffic. Chelsea looked real good. We're doing all of this without Captain America, Pulisic.
0: Did Tammy Abraham Tammy Abraham scored. He started over. He started for P- Pulisic, or is that... He started probably because Pulisic didn't start. I guess you could say
1: isn't healthy. If Pulisic is healthy, I think Werner goes in the middle. Even though I think Werner actually plays better on the wing. I don't know if Werner plays better through, through the middle in the front three. The one thing I will say is over the last couple of games, Ziyech is like starting to be the player I think we all think he can be. And if he's the player we all think he can be, he's top ten in the prem. He just causes a lot of problems. He's got a great left foot. He's clinical. Great ball into the box. The ball he had for Thiago Silva's goal was just like, okay... This is like a super solid player and probably undervalued for what they got him for,
0: I think. Man of the match, I think, right? I believe so. Should have been. Yeah, they looked good. Mendy didn't didn't get a clean sheet.
1: Mendy didn't get a clean sheet. And I add Sheffield to Burnley as two teams who last year were very competitive. Like you were saying, Burnley somewhere between, you know, seven to ten. And last year, honestly, Sheffield was somewhere between five to eight for most of the season. Both those teams have just fallen off a cliff. And I don't know if their coaches have solutions, have answers to the questions that are being asked of them right now. And that just sucks. Because like, I thought Sheffield was good last year. I enjoyed watching the way that they played. Blades, baby.
0: Literally bottom of the table. Bad. Like Zero, one, and seven. Bad. They have one point. It's bad. There's no hope. No hope <laughs> for them.
1: <laughs> it's not like a new hope, Star Wars. Star Wars, no hope. <laughs> Next game, Ham fulham Fulham needed... Anything, a point. If they gave out half points, Fulham would take them and stack them together. Westham scored in the 91st minute with a Sucek, Sochu. I, I don't know how. Is it Sucek? Sucek. Sucek with a
0: 91st minute dagger to the heart And then of Fulham. Fulham got a penalty in like the 94th minute or something and missed it. But saved. Some I think it was a save. Oh, saved it. So you well, I mean either way they they didn't, didn't convert the penalty. convert the penalty, and that pretty much sums up Fulham right there. I feel like when that happens, the owners like, and eh, we're going back to the championship. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty evenly match. Honestly, like West Ham and Fulham were evenly matched this game. I don't think that West Ham played necessarily that much better than Fulham. They are a better team on paper. No Antonio. Not a lot going, moving f- going forward.
1: I think West Ham. I don't know. They sh- they don't need to wait for the 91st minute to be full. Today's games, we kicked off with Spurs versus West Breezy.
0: So my Spurs didn't look particularly sharp, I would say. The best word to describe it: like a, a sharp as a butter knife. Yeah, about as sharp as a butter knife. Like a spoon. It took 86 minutes for Spurs to break the deadlock on a. Beautiful Saint Kane to score. Beautiful Kane header. Kind of like. He's got a meaty, a meaty English forehead. Dougherty lofted the ball right into the box, and Kane just kind of popped that ball over, right over the goalie, and they couldn't defend it. Poor, poor Wes Brom. They're I not- do have to say Dyer, since his Carabao Cup man of the match game, has been in the international break. Since he got- <laughs> his
1: Carabao Cup man of the match game. It's like Dyer's mantle, that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Since that, and he picked up a little knock on the international break. After coming back from a little bit of an injury, very solid with Toby back there. He headed a ball clear off the line today that saved a goal. Just Toby and Dyer, they're not fantastic defenders. They're n- By no means are they world-class. Do they inspire confidence? They're not. Yeah. I mean, these days, yeah. I mean, because they aren't letting goals in. They're just getting the job done. They're not. It's but not do pretty. Do you
1: feel confident? Yeah. They w- don't inspire Versus anxiety? Sanchez
0: versus... Davis, if they put him at center back, yes. I think Toby and Dyer are the better, are the best center back pairing right now that Tottenham have, and they're not giving up goals. They have the least amount of goals g- given up in the Premier League this season. Nine. That's it. Just nine goals. And three of them were those trash West Ham goals that happened after the 82nd minute. And Dyer wasn't even playing that game.
1: They're tied with Leicester for yeah. nine goals. And yeah. Aston Villa. Yeah. And Wolves.
0: Yeah, so they don't give and up all City. the goals. Yeah, they don't give up a lot of goals.
1: Jeez, they give up zero goals.
0: Dyer and Toby. I think if they can pick up a really good center back, Skriniar maybe, in the January transfer window, and then they have those three rotating, they'll be fine for top Scrinier, four. Skriniar,
1: Liverpool's going. So he's yep. getting like Klopp texts. So he's getting Mourinho
0: texts. Yeah. Depends kind of how the table's looking, I think, in December and where he goes. And the money, of course. Money.
1: Okay. It was a it was a, it was a good win.
0: Yeah, it was a gritty win. It was one of those wins where it didn't feel like West Brom was going to score. They don't have a good finisher. Like they don't, they can't finish the ball. But I also feel like West Brom, their defense played a little above their capabilities. Like a, like they played kind of out of their minds today.
1: Short term, it was a good to get three points for Spurs. Sure. Long term. It shows that Spurs don't have to play necessarily great to get results. And if you want to win the league, out of thirty-eight games, eight of them you're gonna suck, but you're gonna have to try to get points. And this was one of those eight. You know, this is one of the quarter of the games you say. Out of thirty-eight games, yeah, every ten games, this is good for Spurs that they were able to. Every game it can't out.
0: be a six-one drubbing. United, like it's just not gonna work that way. Because every ha-
1: team's not United. Yeah, well, true. That's <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like Kane and Son aren't going to link up every game to score goals. You got to get production from, Doherty putting balls in the box and Regulon putting balls in the box to Bale. Or and I didn't even think Bale played that well, but you could tell that like he's coming on and like his touches are are looking better and things are happening in that team. And I I think they're moving forward and they're figuring out that they don't have to be. They can they can exactly like you said they can grind out wins.
1: It's a Mourinho team. People forget that, yeah, Mourinho won back-to-back Premier Leagues in mid-2000s. Half those games weren't that, like, beautiful. He, I mean, he famously coined parking the bus during that time because he'd be like, yeah, we're up, and that's it. Like, we don't need to... If we're up 2 nothing, we're just going to sit on that. If it, we have to sit for 60 minutes, we're going to do that. If we counterattack and score a goal, we'll do that. So it's definitely more pragmatic soccer. I think he's on that side. And that's why I do think, honestly, Tottenham right now I don't think it's wild to say that they're title contenders because of the performances they put up as of the first eight games. Now, by Christmas, maybe I'll be singing a completely different tune, but they I got, think they look good.
0: They have a really tough run of games for the next six weeks. Well, after the international break, six games that they got like Chelsea and uh, City. Pretty much all Personal, the top Arsenal, just the top, the top, the top six, the top six. And so, where will they be? I, if I, if they, if they finish the next run of six games in the top four, I will feel very confident about them being in the top four because I think they have what it takes to be to defend well enough to win these gritty games, to win games one nothing, two one. And if they bring in a center back during January transfer window, they get rid of a few players that have dead weight, i.e., Delhi. Sanchez and players like lacelso Bale. I forgot and Bale. Dylan was still on. Spurs. I know you forget, but he doesn't even make the bench. I think Sanchez is out. I think Sanchez is gone. That was in Sanchez.
1: I think he sticks around.
0: No, dude, he's bad. He's not good. I he, feel like he he's fallen out of Mourinho's favor.
1: Er, who's in Mourinho's favor? Regulon.
0: Regulon. Bale. Bale. Son. Son. Kane.
1: Who's who does Spurs have for goalies? Besides Yuris. Like, I actually don't even know
0: that. Gazes is Oh,
1: yeah, Gazaniga.
0: Oh, Hart. Oh. Hart's their man. Jose Corazon. Joe Hart. (laughs) (laughs) I miss that guy. Carabao Cup master.
1: He gets uh, best Carabao Cup goal. He has that on his mantle. He's been playing Europa League
0: games. He's been playing fine. He's fine.
1: Can we we move on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Leicester Wolves.
0: You can talk about Chelsea, too, you know, if you want. I don't
1: need to talk about Chelsea. There's nothing to talk about. They're good.
0: They are very good. They should be good. The amount of money they fucking spent.
1: They didn't spend that much money.
0: (laughs) Okay, we'll move on. That's a a bull-faced lie. These droids are not yours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You haven't seen these droids.
0: (laughs) Leicester City Wolves. Tell me about the bet you won today about this
1: game. Oh, I reached out to Dave from Dave's Picks. And I was like, Dave, I was going to go for the total goals. There was two and a half under or two and a half over. And I was going to take the over. Because Lester scores a bunch of goals and we'll score a bunch of goals. But Dave, as you said to me, no, you idiot. Dave was a lot more diplomatic. It's like, no, both these teams' defenses are really solid and they don't really let in a lot of goals. So if they play against each other, it's going to be a low-scoring game. Lo and behold, it was only one nothing, And I took the under 2.5 goals and I won.
0: I actually thought the game should have ended 0-0. got extremely lucky in a handball in the box. Lester crossed a ball and it hit off of a, a hand that w- really wasn't even outstretched. It was kind of like, couldn't do anything about it type of thing. By the letter of the law, it was a handball. The VAR.
1: By the letter of VAR. Yes. Law is now VAR.
0: Well, I think the letter of the handball rule.
1: I think there's going to be a church, like, erected for VAR. Because,
0: like, in Argentina, there's a church
1: for Maradona. If you want to become a like, part of the church, you have to go reenact the hand of God. And then, like the congregation members judge whether you can be in the church.
0: Well, they can't change VAR. I think they're gonna do with VAR, but they might change the handball rule.
1: But I thought they already told the refs to like relax a little bit because they did. in the first like three games, Bruno Fernandez had like six hat tricks, <laughs> and Jorginho, like the hop, skip, and a jump became the coolest thing in Europe because <laughs> Jorginho was like leading the the Premier League in goals. Well, because there weren't
0: enough there weren't enough penalties for a couple weeks, and so now they're like, all right, well, we're gonna start enforcing it again. It's ridiculous. I, I don't know.
1: Anyways, I thought that that was a questionable call. There was an awesome we'll get to it. But there's another questionable handball I think in the Liverpool game. Is that the Liverpool game? You're right. That was the Liverpool game. De Bruyne got Let's go right there.
0: Yeah, cuz the the Leicester City game uh, Leicester got got 3 points.
1: Leicester got 3 points. They did honestly what Tottenham did and I think that they're also carving out a serious conversation right now about could they be title contenders as well. They're not giving up a lot of goals. They got a guy who's going to score 20 goals in a season and that's always like an important ingredient I think you need to win the Premier League. Is a guy who's just going to poach goals when you need him, and Jamie Vardy is that guy. He that dude. So, he, Manchester he City, Liverpool, De Bruyne steps up off a of what I would say is a questionable handball, steps up, doesn't even hit the frame. This is Shut a dude up. who, if I give him a ball and I, like, run as fast as I can, he like hit me in the back of the head. Like, I just don't – how do you not hit the well, frame? Well, as
0: Liverpool fans would say, ball don't lie. So, yeah, it was even questionable. I said questionable. that out loud as soon as he missed that. I was like, oh, "Ball the line." It was even more questionable than the than the Lester's than the Wolves handball. You think so? I thought his hand it was, was super even similar, less outstretched.
1: I think it was more like
0: to the body. Yeah, tucked to his body, maybe. Like, there's nothing you can do.
1: Just I, ugh,
0: fucking ball. Car- Jamie Carragher afterwards is like, "What am I? Su- what, are you, what are you supposed to do? Run with your hands behind your back from now on?" And literally, that's what, it, like Italian and. Spanish defenders do. If you David watch Luis, games, if you watch David Luiz, when that's he, he plays,
1: does. as soon as he gets in the box, he puts his hand right behind his back because he's just like, I'm not even going to give the ref any reason. Right. I just, oh, I don't know. The whole VAR thing, this handball thing, they've got to figure it out. Because I liked it back in the day when it was the ball to the hand or the hand to the ball. Right. And that was the ball to the hand. The guy rips across at like 60, 70 miles per hour. He's two, f- two yards in front of you. It yeah. hits your hand. That is the ball to the hand, not the hand
0: playing the ball. Offensive players just kicking the ball at defenders hoping to get a handball
1: yeah i could just get in the box and if i'm taking on one-on-one just try to like flip it up at your body and it happens to your head up oh, pk like if you look at the if you look at the points leaders of goal scorers bruno fernandez all pks mm-hmm. warner's getting up there now because now he's taking pks Jorginho had pks Vardy has pks most Salah takes pks kane, kane takes pks danny ings i think he's been taking PKs. it's like there should be PK winners golden boot. Yeah, it's like the open co- plat- it's called the platinum boot, and then there's the actual golden boot, and it will be a battle
0: between Jorginho and Bruno Fernandez.
1: <laughs> and then there's the hop, skip, and a jump boot, which is it's like an actual
0: like old boot. Jorginho's got demoted though; he's not taking.
1: Yeah, I hope Jorginho leaves in January. Jorginho
0: doesn't even make the. Jorginho Gini and
1: Keppa, if they just like left them when they were like, when they go to Rennes again, France, they just leave them at a bus stop. I'm fine. Bye, bye,
0: Felicia. Last game. Arsenal, Aston Villa. You said I could talk about Chelsea. <laughs> That's true. I watched this game, most of it at least. The I first watched half. this game. This was phenomenal.
1: Jack Grealish, right now for me, is best player in the Prem. I've said it. Boom.
0: Well, Arsenal's defense is not good. Facts. First of all, Lacazette. I've been saying it for weeks. He's so bad, Jeff, He's and I see so He's so bad.
1: He's so bad. And they know so how bad he they is. They know it. Aubameyang's like... Okay, you guys pay me a billion dollars a week, but you put me next to this lug. He's a lug. He's a lug. Honestly, Arsenal, looking if you look at Arsenal... They can't score. Yeah, and it's obvious why they can't score, because I look at their lineup. Now, let's look at their lineup. Let's run through these. this this cast of clowns. Lacazette, lug. Aubameyang, ever since he got paid, he's Richie Rich. He just doesn't want to play. Willian, he's like 60 years old. Chelsea <laughs> didn't re-sign him, so Arsenal signed him. That worked out well with the David Luiz signing. Good job. He
0: looks so slow. Sock
1: is 18 and young, whatever. Bellerin is a model and hasn't played soccer in like three years, even though he shows up and ties his boots. And then in the middle, Thomas, party gets hurt today. Bad day for Arsenal. Bad, bad day for Arsenal. And Tierney and Holding, they're like subpar defenders. Arsenal have a lot of work to do. I don't think that they bought the players that maybe they needed to buy in the offseason. I don't know. They have a lot of work to do. If I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm worried. Just all constantly, all like, right. their Champions League, once again, is literally just trying to get now even into the Europa League. Not even top four. If they make Europa League, I think they're pumped.
0: Do we start asking the question about Arteta? And, is it, you know, is he on his way out? Like I, I was thinking about that. I don't think he is because he just won two cups.
1: He won the FA Cup and he won the Community Shield. So I think he's... I think Arteta has the full season. I think he has the board support... I think he has the fans' support, more importantly. And I think, no, more importantly, I think he has the players' support. However, at some point, something's got to change.
0: Look, the last two games were pitiful. Just because they beat they, they beat Man they United they on beat a United. penalty.
1: They beat United, who, as we've been saying, is also a mediocre
0: team. They beat United because Pogba made a terrible play in the box, and he got benched this week over it. They can't score. They can't score an open play. Lacazette... He's good for a worldie once a season, right? He's not good. When they sub in the Nicotia for Lacazette, it's not the answer. It's not good. Arsenal's not good. Arsenal's only scored nine goals
1: in eight games. Really That's bad. That's not an Arsenal team. That's just not You've an Arsenal to, team. Arsenal move forward with fluidity. They attack. They get shots on goal. They have nice patterns into the box. This is weird.
0: Also, we got to give credit to Aston Villa. They played really well.
1: Oh, no, Aston Villa looked great. Like I said, I think Jack Grealish right now, even though he doesn't have all the goals and all the numbers, his movement on and off the
0: ball is some of the
1: best I've seen.
0: I thought Ross Barkley improved significantly from last week as well.
1: Ross Barkley is a solid player. When he plays well, he's top 50 in the Premier League. When he plays poorly, he's bottom 50 in the Premier League. He's a liability. He's a liability. But when he plays well in an open game like this where there's gonna be counterattacking or whatever, it's gonna be great. The cross he had to Oli Watkins, world class. He's not a righty. The ball comes over his shoulder and he hits it with his left across the goal mouth. That's a class, dude. He's class. When yeah. he wants to be, he's class. But I've also seen him when Chelsea lose the ball in the midfield and give up like literal goals off like stupid giveaways. Right. And he had some mind farts in this one too. If they can if they can keep Ross and Grealish Ole healthy, and Ming's in the back. And Martinez looked good in goal. Yeah, Martinez was I'm fun. sure Arsenal's like, oh, good thing we sold that guy. We got this bum. One of the goals that Ole Watkins scored, I didn't even think it was a great shot. I think, I think Leno just got beat. Yeah. The header Ole Watkins had was... The header Ole Watkins had was, was solid. He's really not going to stop that. No. The third goal, I think, with the through ball from Grealish. After Grealish literally dribbled the ball for about 50 yards light pressure. Jack Grealish, if I'm playing against that team, I just put like when Chelsea plays, I'm just going to say, alright, and Conte. Once he's over half, Second he comes over half, you're on him. Man, Mark, done. He's done. Yeah, Jack they gave, Rielich, they gave him way too much space. They gave him way too much. Jack Realish last year. I think he was the guy who created the most chances. Yeah. And he was also the most fouled, fouled yeah. I believe. He's just he's a problem, and you have to if you don't if you don't know where he is in the field, you're already lost. And I didn't feel like Arsenal gave him personally enough respect.
0: It's great for Astonville. They're sitting sixth right now, five wins, two losses, fifteen points. Just a great place to be in heading into the national break, just because it's just good morale boost. This team was barely didn't get relegated last season, and now they're like, you know, they're
1: they're, the they're competing spot, with so. the top. I mean, yeah. they're in sixth place with 15 points, as you said, but they've only played seven games. So if they had played eight games and won that, they're tied with Leicester for first on literally the they have the exact same goal differential. Aston Villa is looking good. I don't think they can keep it up. I mean, I said Aston Villa is going to get relegated this season, so clearly I was wrong with that. But I do believe without Jack Grealish, they have serious issues. I think Jack Grealish is a massive linchpin. If they don't have him, I don't think they ask the questions going forward. And it doesn't matter if you have Oli Watkins if he's not getting service. Yeah, it, it's like Aubameyang. Aubameyang is a world class forward. I think he's the top. I think he's top ten number nines in the world. He's just not getting any service. I just
0: look at the teams below them, and I look at Wolves. I look at Man City. I look at. Even Crystal Palace, the way they're playing, Everton, I think all those teams are going to finish ahead of Aston Villa this season. And I'm, that's not to say that Aston Villa th- won't be good. I just think don't think they're going to finish fifth or sixth. You think Everton will finish higher than Aston Villa? Yeah. I'm interested to see where they
1: are at Christmas break because I think Aston Villa right now looks a more complete team. However, I think Everton on paper and in general is a better team.
0: Yeah, I see Aston Villa around 10th. Because I see Man City pushing up into the top four. I see Wolves being in a Europa League spot. I see Crystal Palace fighting to be like in seventh or eighth. And I see Everton fighting for a Europa League spot. So I just don't... I, I just see Aston Villa playing solid, but not just not doing enough. Giving up goals. I think they'll be able to score, but I think they're going to give up give up goals.
1: I don't think they're going to give up as many goals as you think. I think their defense... You think, last week, was
0: a, you think last week was a fluke when they lost 4-3?
1: Hmm, good point. I think Martinez is a strong goalie. I think they look organized in the back. And I just think that in general they defend really well as a team. It's tough when they lose like that. I mean, I think every team's going to have every team in this Premier League season is going to have a game that's going to be like, "Ooh, that
0: was rough." I mean, they lost to Southampton. So
1: Cuz like you know, Aston Villa beat Liverpool 5-2. 7-2. 7, Jesus. 7-2. My god. 7-2. <laughs>
0: Like Chelsea but then they lost the leads though, 3 nothing.
1: I know, but I mean like I think there's going to be a lot of incoherency throughout the season. It's going to be tough to be able to like say this team's going to win cuz you're going to always have the what if or it or seems like, you know, the the what about that game? Like Chelsea gave up 3 goals to West, West Brom in like 20 minutes. Like Tottenham gave up 3 goals to West Ham in 8 minutes. Right. Liverpool lose by 5. City lost by, like, a shit ton. You guys blew out United. I just think it's super competitive And any random Monday. I know it's any given Sunday, but any random Monday this season, any team can get, like, kind of taken off, taken off their off their perch. But it's a long season, and whoever comes on the top, thinking about who's going to finish higher, Aston Villa or Everton, is very interesting, and I want to check in with that in the next couple weeks. Let's do a corner question, and then we'll hop to fantasy.
2: All right, it's the end of Week 8, and Leicester City sit at the top of the table And for a hot second on Friday, Southampton were at the top of the table for the first time since 1992. Meanwhile, Arsenal and Man U continue to underperform, with Arsenal sitting at 11 and Man U sitting at 14th. This far into the season, with these teams continuing to underperform, who's the first manager in the prem to get the sack?
1: Well, it's really interesting because I'm looking at my table, and it shows... Arsenal are in 11th, and it shows that they went down because I think they were, like, eighth. And then it shows Manchester United in 14th, and it shows that they moved up. I know that Cronin's question is, who's the coach that's more most likely to get sacked? Let's, can we focus on Ole or Arteta? Who do you think goes first? It's got to be Ole, right? I mean, in what situation is... I think Arteta winning the two cups, winning the FA Cup and the Community Shield, and I do think he has a lot more buy-in from... The board, the players, it's got to be Ole, but is there some situation where Arteta gets fired first?
0: Not before, but I think Arteta could go by Christmas. There is a good possibility that Ole will be out during the international break. It's a good opportunity to bring in a new manager during the international break because not everybody goes away. So you can bring in a new manager, bring in the staff, work with the players two weeks If
1: they took out Ole during the international break, which I don't think is unreasonable, and put in Pochettino, who was taken out at Tottenham during an international break, the tables would have turned, my friend.
0: Like we mentioned, I think we talked about before, they've already been talking to Pochettino. He's got one foot in the door, and he went on Sky Sports and said he's ready to manage a big club again. Can you imagine that?
1: He goes on Sky Sports, I'm single. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm on Soccer Tinder. Swipe right. I'm done with my sabbatical. <laughs> Send me to the Trafford of old. <laughs> it's so weird. All right, but yeah, we want to talk about the whole... I think any of the teams in the relegation, that's what they do. That's the one flex they can do. We're going to fire you. We fire a coach, we bring in a new coach, and then at least the board can say, hey, we tried to do something different. We tried to change the direction of the club. But which club do you think it's first? I don't think it's Sean Dyke at Burnley. I don't think Sheffield. I do think Fulham. it will be Fulham. Okay, I... I think w- what I think it will be is I think it will be a championship side who've just gotten in the prem and it's taken them years to get here. And they're like, what the hell? We got to do it. Whereas I think Sheffield are like our team is it is what it is. They have crazy analytics. They're like, if we do this, this and this, we're going to be able to finish. I think Sheffield see that they'll probably be able to finish between 14th to 16th. And they're not that worried. Whereas foam with the games that they have and the results that they have, even though they sit higher, three points higher than Sheffield, for example, I think they're probably more worried because financially they just got into the top flight and they were so excited to probably sell their tickets at 15 to 20% more maybe and they haven't been able to do it because of covid yeah like getting into the premier league from a champ from the championship during covid's got to be just a kick in the lower area yeah
0: i mean they get the tv money but
1: they get the tv money but you want to have the gate you want to be selling jerseys you want people to be coming to your fan shop your your pro shop every single game you also rely buying tim, on those tim ream jersey
0: <laughs> you also rely on the fans to like fire you up a little bit too like there should be home field advantage for those championship where they get a draw they get a win where they sh- where they really have no place getting it and you get that at home with fans we talk about it i think every week and without that advantage it's unfortunate for them it's really just your players versus my players you know it's just it's really what talent is on the field and who's the best team it's not there's not there's not that you know 12th man So who do you think is the first coach? I think it's Ole, only because there's so much pressure as a Man United coach, so much pressure to perform, and they're just underperforming at such a high level. They are underperforming, aren't they? Because you can just say they're underperforming because
1: we have a case study of them six months ago in the restart, four months ago, whatever it was. Same team. Same team. Literally same team. You've actually added pieces that should help them be better. Right. And they're playing way worse per points per game. Overall, any analytic of goals for, goals against.
0: Also, inconsistency is their biggest problem. They are a top-four team against PSG, against Leipzig, and then look like a championship side the next week when they play in the Prem. That shouldn't happen. That you can hold on a coach, not keeping the level up on and off the field. Also, the manager makes the personnel decisions on the field. I think there's not enough criticism for Ole for the for the lineups he's been putting out, which have been dog shit. Pogba is dog shit. He's been playing like shit. Do you, think,
1: do you think they move Pogba in the winter? Could just get him out. Just hey, where well, they're gonna go. I
0: don't know if they can find anybody to take take him. I feel
1: like Juve might take him. Because Pogba is a great player if you are moneyballing the system. The whole thing with moneyball is you want to take a player that has a defect. And that way you get him for cheaper, and then you just have to work the defect out. Whatever that could be. Pogba is an ideal player for a team to pick up, like Real Madrid. They just say, all right, we lost to Valencia today, 4-1, to one, which was a shocker. Granted, there were three PKs given away in that game. We're not going to talk about La Liga. Real Madrid's like, Zidane's like, yeah, we'll take him. But we're only going to take him for $60 million. Which at this point, I think in COVID, United would say, okay, or we'll do a straight swap, or we'll do $20 million and you give us a forward that we need.
0: They got to get rid of him.
1: Pogba? Yeah. I feel like they got to get rid of him. That's what I was trying to say, but it hurts. I like Pogba. I think when he has the right incentive to play, top 20 midfielder in the world. And I think he proved that in the World Cup. And I've seen him play for United some days, and the guy's just money. He's just great. Great to watch. Fun to watch. Can't defend. But he's not paid to defend. He's paid to get the ball forward and cause havoc for their defenses. He's not like Conte. Like, they pay Conte to stop the ball, recover the ball, and move it forward. That's not his position. But when he's not doing that, and he's giving the ball away...
0: But back to my point about Ole and his his lineup decisions. They're very poor. They're very poor lineup decisions. When you... You give him a pass for the first couple games, but once Pogba becomes a liability on the field, and it's okay if he's a liability if he's producing goals, right? But he's not. He's not doing anything. He's just a warm body on the field. He's not doing anything. You got to change the lineup. And he tried it, right? He tried playing the di- diamond formation. It didn't work, and then halftime switched it back. This week, he put Mata out there, and obviously that maybe that was a little spark they needed. He benched Pogba. He, bo- he brought him in as a sub, but he benched him to start the game. Now, is it too little, too late? I I don't know. There's way more pressure. There's been way more Sky Sports talk. There's been way more social media talk about Ole leaving, and it seems like it's compounding. And it's going to come to a head, I think, this international break. Now, we've heard that Manchester United's brass are saying, no, we support Ole. But if Pochettino is saying, I'm ready, if ultimately it comes down to the owner – saying, we need to start winning games, having a different attitude to this club. Maybe Pochettino's the guy. Because he's not just him. I mean, people like playing for Pochettino, uh, from what I understand. And he brings some staff, maybe that are better than Ole's staff. And I think Ole doesn't have enough experience. And Pochettino's
1: so, a much more experienced coach, and I think many players would rather play for him. So I think you're totally right on all those points.
0: Just a change of character that comes into the club might be just something, the little kick they need, especially for this winter break coming up. I mean, for this uh, Christmas holidays. Games coming up. They maybe they just need a somebody that comes in, inspires them, gets the points they need to put them back at the top half of the table. They go into the new year. They they get a, a player or two during January transfer window. Uh, they need a center back. Maybe that's it. Maybe they just try to get as many points as they can, limp into the January transfer window, <laughs> find with Pochettino. With, with Pochettino. So, you're, but but so you're saying Pochettino will go. What they showed in the offseason during the summer transfer window is that players they tried to get all these players and players didn't want to play at United. Whether it was because they got Harry Maguire captaining that dog shit team, or you have Ole there who nobody wants to play for Ole because he's just like he's like, Yeah, it's cool playing here, man. Like, is he like a surf bum. Yeah. He just like 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 showed, like, showed up. He, I'll tell you, he's I've
1: never seen a guy in a press conference who's on the chopping block. Everyone knows he's on the chopping block. His head is in, his head's on the chopping block. He's like looking up at The Undertaker and he's like, What's up, bro? <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I'm just like, How are you so cool, my guy? Everyone knows you're about to go. That's so what I'm saying. You're bringing in Pacentino for four weeks. They do a little bit better and then people want to go play for United. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying.
1: I don't think you're wrong. I mean, uh, it, coming back from the international break, they play West Brom, which they should win. Southampton is going to cause them problems and then they play West Ham. So the Southampton West Ham game between those I think they're probably ha- happy if they take 4 points. They win the West Brom, so now they got 7 from 9, which would be very positive. I don't know if they can do that. The day I see coming is that C- is the United is the Manchester Derby. City if they wanted to, if they're firing all cylinders and they're also probably title contenders, if not like front runners maybe with Liverpool. City could destroy them. And it could be right after that like right after the whistle where they're like, "Yep, always been sacked." So for me, by December 12th, Ole will be gone because I think he'd be lucky to get seven out of nine points playing West Brom, Southampton, and West Ham. And then I do think that he'll lose that that game, uh, the the Derby. And he could lose that game in epic fashion. After seeing what Tottenham did, City could do just the same. City have the exact same amount of
0: firepower. Especially because I think we saw today Jesus is back. He scored. He looked good. Aguero will be back. They could bring in a player. Oh, no, they can't bring a player in December. They, they'll probably bring in a player in January. Either way, we're not talking about City. My question to you is, do you think that will be the first manager sacking, or do you think there'll be a sacking of a manager before that? I think
1: there'll be a sacking of the manager before. I think what you said about Scott Parker or Billich at West Brom will happen before. Either one of those two championship teams that's just hanging out in the bottom, their board's going to have to act. They, they they just can't they can't screw around. They know financially they're getting too close to the... To the edge, and when you get – we've done eight games. We've done more than a quarter of the season almost. There's just not a lot of points there. If you're Fulham or West Brom and you lose points to other top, bottom five teams, those coaches have got to go. They just got to go. If you can't beat the guys who are next to you in the table, it's not a competitive team, whether you're at the top or you're at the bottom. It's always been Arsenal's biggest problem. Arsenal haven't beat a big six team like they showed in the stat for a long time.
0: They said something about West Brom that I didn't really know, but it made sense to me. They were pushing for their promotion. They were automatically promoted because they finished second in the league to Leeds. Their last, I think, 12 games of the after the restart, basically, they just floundered. They weren't playing well. And so this is a team that limped into the Premier League. And so we're seeing that same team. They didn't really bring in that many players, impact players. I'm sure COVID had a big effect on them. This team hasn't been good for a while. And that
1: makes sense. If you were shit during restart, I expect you to kind of be mediocre now. I thought Liverpool was mediocre during restart, and I think Liverpool have actually looked a little better. So you're trending up. But it's weird when a team plays well during restart and then looks like crap. So going back to United, I do not understand that. And if anything, that's why Ole should leave, because he had the same players during restart, and they have to play nine games. We've played almost nine games now. They should just look at those two things, put it on a bar chart, and say, Ole.
0: The hell's happening here? Bye. I mean, I picked them to finish second in the league. They were playing great. Rough. You need Poch back. You need that Spursy. He brought them to the Champions League final. Fantasy. Fantasy is going quite well for the bunkers. Let me tell you. Up to third place. Just another solid week of fantasy for Jeff.
1: Did you just speak in the third person? I did. Fabulous.
0: Yep. Third place.
1: And we didn't weep, sucker. I will. Read these off with my best happy voice. In the bottom, Eric <laughs> Werner Bros, Eric Chahone, deep in the bottom. Graham's Gang, 17th. And FC Panas. ooh, rough. Actually, I feel like you moved up, so congrats. I moved out of the bottom three, so I'm kind of like a Fulham situation these days, and that's fine. I'm, I'm loving it. And in the top three, Swiss cheese. Justin's always really been in the top The not-so-special one, Oz moved up. And in third, the Bunkers, Jeff Ely, congrats.
0: Not just in third, not tied for third. No, solidly in third place. You know what I respect about your team? Is that you have more
1: Chelsea players in your team than you do Tottenham players. Not after next week. Oh, fun, fun, yeah. After, now that I made the comment, i will change his team.
0: I do. I have to get rid of Ailing, and I might bring on Regulon.
1: I think that should be a rule in our fantasy next year. If you're a fan of whatever team, you have to have the max amount of players, which is three. Three, yeah. So you have to pay your penance. Like, if you're a United fan, you have to put Maguire or Wamba sock in the back. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi, <laughs> just taking out ankles and ACLs and dreams. I got Ziich Chilweezy and Mendy, who has the best save percentage right now in the in the Premier League.
0: You did score more points than me this week. Facts. Three. Four. Four. Sorry, I can't subtract. Carry the one. Well, Jarrett, thanks for joining me on this podcast this evening.
1: <laughs> it was just a pod and then you added the cast.
0: You might hear some No, I'll cut it out, but You'll my daughter was running around upstairs.
1: Yeah, you if you can if you hear this pod and you DM us and you tell us where we split we'll send you some boys and bolos swag. We're working on bolos because it'd be really impressive because we had about a 30-minute hiatus where Jeff had to play father.
0: Play father, be the father. Be father, be father. Thank you're, you. You're always the father. Uh, yeah, essentially. Kind of. Kind of. Maybe now not I, when I'm down here.
1: Not when you're in the in the barbershop studio. We're not going to do a preview right now. We're going to wait, and that will come out next week before we get back to the prem. And we're also going to wait on Dave's picks just because those lines are not out. I will say however Dave's picks he's done a phenomenal job. I think he's like at 80% right. So if you are interested in making some bets even if they're just a couple dollars, think about
0: that. Also say a little prayer for your players on your your favorite teams that are going to the national break. Make sure make sure hope that they don't get injured. Hope y- they don't get covid because it's tough out there on the streets. I have my rosary in my hands. It's brutal. So brutal. I think Conte. I think uh C-H. Gary Southgate selected Mindy. a twenty nine player. Twenty-nine players they're going to the England friendlies. It's Are brutal. you shitting me? Twenty nine players by Mason. All Rowe, over the By all, Abraham. Right. By Kane. All over the by world. By Dyer. Playing in all different countries. I think the US men's national team has eight different national like eight different leagues. Coming from eight different countries, like club leagues, to play in the U.S. You
1: know that's really impressive because that's definitely more than the English team.
0: It's impressive because they have a lot of players in the Bundesliga and Spain, Spain, Italy, Italy, England, England. I think the Israeli league. I think in Holland too. The
1: MLS for sure.
0: MLS, but that's impressive. While it may be impressive, it's also scary because during COVID, you're bringing players from all these different leagues coming together, interacting with each other. So
1: German COVID is way worse than Spanish COVID. That's what I hear.
0: So we'll see. Fake we'll news. see if they <laughs> we'll see if they uh how much quarantining will be happening. Very irresponsible.
1: I'm waiting for the Premier League bubble where they just play at a Wembley and it's aggressive. It's like two AM game, four AM game, five <laughs> A. Six AM game.
0: They all have to sleep in like the dorm, like in the uh yeah. hotel that's yeah. in Wembley. Yeah.
1: There's like a tent put up outside. <laughs> Sterling and Mount are like fighting. Like a bare knuckle boxing <laughs> underground thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyways, one, one, one can dream. <laughs> well, the, in, the English guys will be sneaking girls into the, uh, into like the oh, player. Dear.
1: Frosted tips, techno, f boy haircuts, f boy haircuts. So we didn't have to make it explicit this time. That was nice. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. See you next time. Ciao. Ciao.
2: Why shouldn't I be? Uh, why shouldn't I be? If, if I'm not. Uh, Uh, If I don't trust my uh, beliefs and uh, values, and uh, my staff's quality and the players' quality, uh, who else uh, should? I don't look at one or two results and it uh, and fall like a house of cards. It's uh, yeah, setback definitely. And it's not long ago uh, we were the best thing since sliced bread uh, when you beat uh, Leipzig in PSG. So there's ups and downs in football, and that's, that's just the way, uh, way it has to be. And you've, you've got to have uh, that belief in yourself, belief in the players. Um, the, the club has been very positive. They've shown me uh, the, the, their character and the strong leadership.
0: This team could be champion in many European
1: countries. In the Premier League is the most difficult one to be,
0: because in the Premier League you can you can do a good season, you can have uh, lots of points, and but in the end, you know, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, Man United, Leicester,
1: Arsenal, so you can have a good season and
2: and not be champion.
0: Thanks for listening to the Boys and Bolo's podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, Twitch, at Boys and Bolos. If
1: you'd like to be a guest, please reach out. You can hit us on any of the social media accounts that Jeff just mentioned, or email us directly at boysandbolos at gmail.com.
0: Thanks for listening, and see you next time.